I'm Rev David. Thanks for joining me as I wander through life. This week is the fifth week in Lent and is often known as Passion Sunday. It provides us with some context for next week, which is Palm Sunday. But it's not an easy one, this. Momentum is gathering around Jesus the miracle worker and longed-hoped-for revolutionary. And he tries to pull it back to the reality of what will actually happen. I'm going to read from the message version of the Bible. It's John's Gospel, chapter 12, starting at verse 20. There were some Greeks in town who had come up to worship at the feast, and they approached Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee. Sir, we want to see Jesus. Can you help us? Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip together told Jesus. And Jesus answered, Time's up. The time has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Listen carefully. Unless a grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, it is never any more than a grain of wheat. But if it is buried, it sprouts and reproduces itself many times over. In the same way, anyone who holds on to life, just as it is, destroys that life. But if you let it go, reckless in your love, you'll have it forever, real and eternal. If any of you wants to serve me, then follow me. Then you'll be where I am, ready to serve at a moment's notice. The Father will honour and reward anyone who serves me. Right now I'm shaken. And what, I'm go- and what am I going to say? Father, get me out of this. No, this is why I came in the first place. I'll say, Father, put your glory on display. At that moment, a voice came out of the sky. I have glorified it, and I'll glorify it again. The listening crowd said, Thunder! Others said, An angel spoke to him. Jesus said, The voice didn't come for me, but for you. At this moment, the world is in crisis. Now Satan, the ruler of this world, will be thrown out. And I, as I am lifted up from the earth, will attract everyone to me and gather them around me. He puts it this way to show how he was going to be put to death. It must have been so difficult for Jesus' followers to get their heads around what was happening. He talks about death leading to life and about crucifixion leading to glory. It's all so counter-cultural, so upside down and back to front. And that's because no one at that moment knows anything about resurrection. It's not happened yet, obviously. And it's simply unimaginable. You see, what Jesus is talking about isn't just martyrdom. This isn't like Gandhi or Martin Luther King, who pursued a path of resistance that ultimately led to their deaths. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking them. What they did 
cause people to change and political systems to change. But what Jesus does is on another level completely. This is so much more. This is about transformation. Jesus refused to waver in his message of universal love and grace and liberation, knowing full well that the message would cost him his life. The grain of wheat is buried in the ground, dead to the world, and from it springs new life. Why crucifixion? Why the cross? Why not something less painful? Well, crucifixion was hugely symbolic of institutional power. The mightiest force the world has ever known, the Romans, used it to maintain their position. And God defeats it. God takes terror and turns it to joy. This is not an easy option, but it's one that lasts. Jesus on the cross is difficult for us to deal with. The pain and suffering and the apparent defeat. And yet if we want to see Jesus, as did the Greeks in the story, then we have to be prepared to look at him on the cross. Jesus was and is many things. Teacher, preacher, healer, miracle maker. We know that. But he is also someone who ends up in a pitiful state and dies. He doesn't put limits on how far he is prepared to go to show us that he loves us. And that can, feel us, that can leave us feeling quite uncomfortable. Because our natural tendency is to want the superhero Jesus who flies in, saves the world and then flies off again without a hair out of place. But the advantages of Jesus being on the cross are that firstly, as we celebrate in a couple of weeks time, it enables God to defeat death. Ultimately, and most importantly, we are an Easter people. And secondly, we find great comfort, don't we, in knowing that God journeys with us in the most difficult of times. And that God knows what it's like to suffer. But let's not forget that it comes at a great cost to God. When we talk about grace, it's not just a word to be banded about lightly. Well, that's all quite heavy, but it is important and it will help us to understand the events of Palm Sunday more fully. But I want to leave you with the line from the very beginning of today's Bible reading. When the Greeks approach Philip and ask, We want to see Jesus. Can you help us? They are curious. Is it the message? Is it the miracles? Or are they sceptics who want to knock him down? During this week of our Lenten journey, I want to invite you to consider, are you still curious about Jesus? Or do you think that you know all that you need to know? Do you want to see Jesus? 
Or would it be too challenging? Would it require changes that you don't want to make? If you did meet Jesus, what would it be that you'd want to say to him? And finally, if someone said to you, I want to meet Jesus, can you help me? How would you respond? That's it for now. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.